Good day, good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 78 of the Teacher Emilio podcast. I am your host, Teacher Emilio, and today we'll talk a little bit about not necessarily test preparation, but rather what happens after a test. This is also a bit of an update because some of you have reached out asking, hey, teacher, what happened? Why no upload? Is everything okay? And the short answer is everything is okay. It is just really good to be back. As you can see, now I am back home and it is a mix of catching up with work, life, but also the, <laughs> the Japanese exam that I had, which is called JLPT. And I like to just call it the Japanese IELTS or the Japanese PTE. I mean, the English exams are difficult already, so you could imagine how crazy is this one. Looking at the bright side, now that the test is over, I can relax a little bit. But with all that said, a few things happened on the test day. And, and I, I also wanted to share with you how I feel about this test preparation process, because hopefully, you know, touch wood, this would help some of you that are preparing for IELTS PTE. Maybe some of you listening are thinking of maybe taking similar exams, not only, I mean, Maybe you want to learn Japanese after this podcast or who knows, maybe, you know, someone who wants to do a test like this in Spanish, maybe your partner wants to do this or a friend that you know, I don't know. The point I'm trying to make is that maybe there is a chance that you may do a test. Maybe you could take some of what I'm going to talk about today for both IELTS and PTE. And funny enough, there are some things that I did and some things that maybe not that I should have done sorry there are some things that I did and looking back it would have been better if I had changed them and this is I suppose a mix of learning with trial and error and self-reflecting so hopefully you can take some of that and that would help when it comes to your test preparation especially for your IELTS and your PTE just to put myself or just to give you a bit of context this all started about a year ago when I basically took the same exam and unlike IELTS where you just take a test and you basically you basically take the exam and you get a score with this one you need to decide which level you want to take and perhaps I'm not gonna say being super confident I just thought it would be nice or sorry I was told by a former student who has had passed this exam hey teacher if you're thinking of doing the second highest level why don't you study a bit more and do the highest level? So I suppose it's not exactly the same and it's two completely different languages, but imagine that you go to take IELTS or PT and instead of going for the normal IELTS, you go for IELTS and the, when you take the exam, you need to choose. So imagine that you say, look, I'm gonna take the IELTS 7 test. Yeah, that's what I thought of doing. But then what I was told was, hey, why don't you just do IELTS 8? I mean, IELTS 7 is really hard, but if you study a bit more, you can just get IELTS 8 in the Japanese test, right? And I said, okay, let's give it a try. Let's see what happens with that. And to my surprise, the IELTS 8 in, in that exam in Japanese was crazy hard. I did study for it, obviously not as much as I should have. And that was a great experience. And from maybe if you are, if you have been listening to the podcast, you know that basically not everything but a lot of things that could have gone wrong went wrong on that test today so that was extremely good practice in terms of 
getting ready for all those things that you just never know that could happen. Just to give you a bit of a summary, I almost missed my flight and I was, well, just because of that, I was super stressed because I had to go to Sydney and there was a chance of me missing my flight. The, I, I almost made it to the airport. And the reason I bring this up is because we have a few takeaways from that experience. One is being extra careful with your preparation, especially if you have to travel. But the second one is that, well, not only that anything could happen, I already mentioned that, but also the fact that you need to be, I don't wanna say that I underestimated the test. I technically did, but I didn't go thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna pass. It wasn't that, it was more, oh yeah, maybe I'm gonna get it type of attitude. Then I didn't get that score and I thought, okay, look, I'm just gonna get ready for the next time this year. One problem, sorry, for the next year, because one problem with that exam is that it only happens twice every year, which is a bit annoying if you ask me, because compared to IELTS, you can just, well, or with PTE as well, you can basically take it almost any time. And the worst part is that you have to wait two months for the result. And uh, that's so painful, especially me coming from IELTS PTE, that usually take about a week to let's say a week to two weeks, sometimes even less. And now I'm going back, almost like going back in time when IELTS used to take about a month. This time it's two to three months that I have to wait for the result, which is unfortunate. And the worst part about all this is that the test is only held twice a year. That means that I have to wait until June, July next year if I don't pass and I'll talk more about that in just a bit, or up to December next year. So it's one full year. What I told myself was, hey, look, maybe going for the top level is maybe not the best way to start. Usually we, we go gradually, right? If you think about basically, I don't know, like running or when we talked about me doing a long distance triathlon, I didn't start and I said, oh, I'm gonna do the long distance. No, it's like you build your, your way up. But in this case, I thought, oh, I mean, let's see how the test is. Maybe I can pass it and I went straight with the most difficult one. Obviously, with that example of the test, nothing happens because if you don't pass this, the exam, that's it. When it comes to sports or other things, it could actually be dangerous, so be careful, okay? Then, okay, one year goes by and I said, look, one of the things that I have to do is work on my comprehension. And this is something that happens to a lot of my students. That's why I think there is some value in sharing this. Even though there are different languages, some of the takeaways and some of the skills are the same. And one challenge I had last time was that the reading was quite difficult. So. I remember looking at the reading section and I couldn't even finish. This is something that if you have taken IELTS or PTE, or if you know someone that has taken IELTS or PTE, they'll sympathize with you and say, yeah, I feel you because it is quite tricky sometimes to finish in time or, or not to have that rush. So when that happened last time, I said, okay, I need to be careful. That's one thing that happened to me. The other thing that happened to me is that throughout the exam, there were a lot of words that I didn't know. And, you know, obviously Japanese is extremely difficult because it's got a lot of Chinese characters in it. These are called kanji. And even though I can read, you know, some of them, 
I mean, there were so many new ones. I remember looking through the exam and I was like, new word, new word, new word, new word. That's something that you don't want to happen <laughs> during the test. It's not like you have to know everything, but at least you want to have some good notion, right? You don't want too many surprises. So that happened in that exam, a lot of surprises. And well, of course, and because of those two, because of, uh, let's say, a lack of vocabulary and because of a lack of comprehension when it comes to the reading, those two combined led to poor time management because then it became a vicious cycle. It's like, I don't understand the, the passage or part of the passage. The, and then on top of that, the vocabulary is really tricky. So vocabulary is tricky, comprehension is not there. And then to top things off, then bad time management. It's like, oh, maybe I'm spending too much time in this. Maybe I should move on. Maybe I should do these other things. And sometimes it's tricky because you are under pressure. And imagine, I had all those things happening, plus thinking on the other side of my head, okay, there is a chance that I miss my flight. I need to start calling you know, my wife. I need to start messaging my boss and be like, hey, look, I'm not gonna come home. I missed the flight and I failed the test or probably failed the test. So yeah, and I need to find a hotel. So it was, you know, quite a stressful situation. Not the best stress that you want when you are taking an exam. Now, one year passed by and I said, okay, then I did a bit of traveling this year, as you know, and it's been tricky because it is always whenever I have free time. And it's also a matter of making time for those things, right? So I said, okay, let me get some resources. So I got some books and, and actually, oh, where are they? I thought I had them close. But anyways, the point is that I got a few books, like a grammar book, a listening practice book, a reading book, and, and all these books helped because obviously the main challenge was to increase vocabulary and to improve in terms of reading comprehension. So those two come together. So what I was telling myself is there is also a big part in that exam, which is grammar. And obviously grammar is important, but what I thought or, or like my line of thinking is First, I need to increase my vocabulary because by increasing my vocabulary, I'm going to be exposed to grammar. And on top of that, by increasing vocabulary, I'm going to increase comprehension, which ultimately will help me being more efficient during the exam. Hopefully, by having higher comprehension, there is a higher chance of me picking the correct answer and ultimately improving my score and hopefully passing. So that's the whole reasoning that that, that led me to follow those steps. Looking at the bright side, or let's say now that the exam finished, I wish I could come on the video and be like, yeah, look guys, I got this, I'm gonna pass. But the reality is the test is quite challenging. And even though I have put a lot of time, it is hard to say. There were times during the test where there were some new words that, I mean, or some vocabulary, I should say, even though the level is lower because that's another thing I should have mentioned. Instead of doing the same level, I went into the second highest difficulty because I thought, look, and this is obviously something that depends on a case by case, but looking at my situation, I thought I still have at least another year for me to basically try with this exam. I don't have the same rush I used to have when I took English exams to get my PR, to extend visas, something that most of you or most of my students are extremely familiar with. This time it was more, or this time it is a mix of a personal challenge and let's say part of my course, but my course again has still another year and a half. So 
the pressure wise there isn't that much just the fact that it's not hmm, what's a good way to put it i think the indirect pressure is that there are not many materials or not the same support compared to ielts pte so that makes the test quite challenging and you have to rely on lots of your memory skills which is again it's just a different way of difficulty so when i took the exam this time i said okay let's just level down a little bit and see how we go and despite putting a lot of practice i mean i thought look it's gonna be difficult but i didn't think it would be as difficult as it was hopefully <laughs> i passed but i have to come up and be very honest with you it's not if it is a pass I mean, who knows, maybe I am being just too tough on myself and maybe I get a really good pass, but there, I get a feeling that if I do pass, it may be something like between, let's say 55 to 60%, maybe? No, sorry, 55 to 70, I'm being too tough on myself, which still would be fantastic and it would be great news because that means the previous strategy that I mentioned would work, but on the flip side, it's interesting that some things happened during this test and while, I mean, or since there is the chance of me failing and that's not good, right? It's not fun to take the test a few times. That's what I was taking some of my friends that are gonna do it. And the thing is this, if the worst thing happens, at least there is progress. As you know me, I'm always trying to look for the bright side. And even if I fail this time, Putting aside the fact, as I said before, that I still have a bit of extra time to do the test again and again, I think one big thing is that there were less surprises when it comes to new vocabulary, like I did or like what happened a year ago. And also, especially in the reading section, I did feel a bit more comfortable. I'm not gonna tell you that I felt super comfortable because in terms of time management, again, it was quite tricky because the, the grammar section also I spent maybe an extra five to 10 minutes extra on another section. So that meant I had to rush in the reading section, which is not good because you don't want to read under pressure. And to make it worse, I had to go to the toilet. One good thing is that it was a quick toilet stop, but still all of, the, all, of all those things led to less time on the reading section. Oh, actually there is one more thing that it's a learning experience and something that I completely forgot because it's been a year since I took that exam. And it is that within the time that you are given, you have to fill out the test. Maybe you remember, or I'm sure you have seen some of those exams where you are given a bunch of numbers and then you have to like fill out all the answers by circling. Well, in this exam, it is exactly like that. And the problem is that you get your booklet and then you have the answer sheet. I don't know why, but maybe it's because I'm so used to telling students that don't worry if you do the, the paper version IELTS, you get an extra 10, 15 minutes for your for passing the answers into the answer sheet. And as I was going to the toilet, I just asked just to double check, hoping that I was going to get a Yeah, no worries, mate. I just asked, hey, if um, sorry, once we finish, do we get another do we get a bit of extra time to put the answers in the answer sheet? And the guy that was taking me to the toilet said, oh, look, no, you need to do it in the time. So that was like, okay, toilet stop, passing things into the answer sheet. That probably was the worst. It's hard to say how much time it was, but I'm going to say at least three minutes, which may not sound like a lot of time. But again, when you're on the test, under pressure, it is quite a bit. 
And the reason I think it's three minutes is because I had to do it like maybe 57 times. <laughs> that, that reading test or that section, sorry, had about 71 questions. Like I said, I felt more comfortable, so that was pretty good. One problem that I noticed was that, again, there were times that because of that pressure, I had to basically be very quick and I didn't have enough time. Even though my comprehension increased and I could look at the text, I could look at the passage and go, yep, I know what this means. The, there wasn't much time or because of the time pressure, I had to choose quickly, which is something that was, again, probably one of the negative sides of the of this. It is good to know that comprehension increased, but sometimes, like what happened now, comprehension increasing may not necessarily mean that your score may increase. I'll have to give an update when that happens, and then, then I will be able to finally, let's say, test or clear this theory, this hypothesis that I'm bringing up. And the last thing that I should have mentioned is that a year ago, this is one of the biggest changes, a year ago, I basically had... Look, it's hard to say, to be honest, because I don't remember quite clearly. It was a very <laughs> stressful exam. But probably out of the 70 questions on the reading section alone, let's say that the reading section has, I don't know, 20 to 30 questions. Probably, I guessed about 8 to 10, if not more. Maybe not more than 10, but the point I'm trying to make is that I, I just couldn't finish. I probably skipped two full passages because there, there was no time. So my options were to leave the thing blank or to guess. Hopefully you are not in that situation because that's not a good indication of your performance. You could still do well, but it's better when you don't guess. So I did what I tell students. If you're not sure or if you haven't got time or if you need to move on, just guess and that's okay. If you get one or two answers wrong like that, it's not the end of the world. But hey, if you get like eight, like in my case, that's definitely not good. So that happened. And in this case, in this time, I would say that it, <laughs> unfortunately, it did happen again. But the, the amount of questions that I guessed like that were fewer, I mean, or were less. So that happened with less questions. Again, putting a number, I'm gonna say that it would have been ar around half. So maybe at the very end, yeah, there would have been at least like, I could say as a fact, two for sure. That happened with both reading and listening. But then maybe I had to do three questions really quickly. So I couldn't pro properly, I couldn't read the passage properly. So let's say that it was about half, which again is progress. And if the worst happens, there is still progress in the bad or there is still good news in the bad, which is what I normally tell my students when they don't pass IELTS or they don't pass PTE. It is unfortunate, it is not nice for many, many reasons, but when sometimes students do not pass or when they fail the test and there is improvement within the score, I would say that's good. It's Again, it's progress, maybe it's not what we want and it can definitely put extra pressure, but it's again, there is good in the bad, that's all I'm trying to say. Now, looking forward from doing this exam, I still know areas that I have to work on. So I suppose what I'll probably continue doing is working on those while I wait for the test result to then basically confirm. If the best happens, I'll celebrate and then try probably in June, July next year, the 
difficult one. And if the worst happens, then I would have to reconsider whether I take this one again or if I just wait another year and do it again. It's a work in progress. It's a work in process, sorry. And it is a matter of checking test availability and, and well, and also managing things like the podcast, live, uh, some of my private classes. And by the way, if you want to get started, crush the test, probably not this month because by the time you're watching this, the intensive IELTS and PT courses already started for December. But maybe for next year, if you would like to get started and basically crush IELTS and PT at the beginning of 2024, feel free to get in touch. Drop me a message on Instagram. You'll find my email somewhere in the show notes. So feel free to get in touch and then we can get ready and pass that exam together. And with all that said, it's tricky. It's tricky. I wish a part of me was thinking, I don't know how to, let's say, mention this video. But probably a big takeaway is that even in bad things, there is something good. I think that's probably one of the main messages I would like to leave. And another one is trying to stay consistent with your goals. While I felt bad, thinking that maybe I'm not going to pass because like we all know it's not cool when you do one of these exams and for whatever reason you don't pass. Equally, it was, let's say, good looking at the big picture and telling myself, look, it's okay because it's not like it is the end of the world. If, this, if I fail the test now, there is still chances to do it again. And, and again, I still have resources. Um, you know, interesting fact, I bought a few books actually Actually, look, I'll show you. And well, I'll show to the, to those of you watching. So here we've got some of those books that I got. So a part of me or something that at least helps me giving myself a bit of peace of mind is, well, look, I still, got, I still have resources. It's not like I failed that exam and I can never do it again or that I have to wait to apply for my visa or anything along those lines. So that's maybe another quick tip or giveaway that I would recommend. And this may not only be with exams, but it is to try to put yourself in a situation where you have some pressure, but maybe not too much pressure. And that would make everything much more manageable for you. And then you would still have good pressure from achieving the goal that you set, but also to the point where is not way too much pressure like some students. I mean, I get this not all the time, but very frequently I hear things like this. Oh, teacher, I have 90 days or I have two months to pass this exam and I have done PTE three times or four times and or I've done IELTS two times and I can't pass and I've got my boss waiting for me for my sponsor or my visa is expiring in, in a month and a half. I need to do the exam like next week. And I already did it last week and I didn't pass. So all of the sudden is extremely stressful. So if possible, I think another giveaway is if you ever have to take one of these tests, do it with time. I get so happy when people contact me and say, look, I'm thinking of taking the test in six months or more, because that is peace of mind for the students. Also peace of mind for me, because believe it or not, I also get stressed, you know, when I hear it from my students, even though I don't need to apply for visas or this or that anymore, you know, thanks, um, thanks God, Buddha, Allah, the stars, karma, whatever you believe in, 
I still feel you. I still feel it because I was an international student. So when someone tells me, look, Emilio, I did IELTS or PT three times. I've got, I did two courses. I can't pass it and I have to do it in a month. And this is my score and I'm stuck. It's like, oh my God, I feel the pressure already. <laughs> We haven't even met in class. So where possible, give yourself time and, and try to be strategic up to the point that you've got a good balance between pressure and also time so that you give room for error or room for mistakes because as you heard on this episode, anything can happen. And needless to say, I hope that you enjoyed this episode, episode 78, the second one on video. And as promised, well, maybe not this one, obviously you noticed, but probably for the next episode, we'll have the first interview for video podcast and I'm really pumped. I hope that you're excited as well. And, and once again, thank you always for your support. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you've got any questions or leave me a comment. So what do you think about some of the things that we talked about? I would love to hear from you. And, and again, for those of you who tune in on Spotify or all these other sources, I appreciate it. I hope that you keep enjoying the podcast. And again, same thing, get in touch via social media. More than happy to get feedback, especially in this new stage of the podcast. And well, until then, I'll see you probably next week or in the next 10 days. So miss me, but don't miss me too much because you'll see me very soon. <laughs> Take care and bye for now. This was episode 78.